Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me again on this next episode of the Lime Boss podcast. Hello, I'm Heather Gray, aka the Lime Boss. I got special guest and friend here today, Dr. Betsy Greenleaf. I'm so excited to talk to her because she's kind of one of those rebel out there, she's not afraid to talk about some of like the really tough stuff. And so, but before we jump in, hey there, I'm Heather Gray. I help uh, professionals with embarrassing gut issues, chronic uh, brain fog, and massive all day pain, right? Could it be undiagnosed Lyme disease? I know it was for me. And if you want to dig deeper into finding out what the cause of those issues are, you know, please don't hesitate to hit me up later, you know, like subscribe, share these things. Let's, let's get the word out, right? That's why we do this. So uh, no further ado, let's get into welcoming Dr. Betsy Greenleaf. Hello. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Heather, for having me here. I'm so excited. This is going to be fun. Yay, it is going to be so much fun because I just, I said from the time that I met you at Mindshare, we were just like sharing some of our like deepest, darkest secrets, you know, I know. Within, like it's the first awesome. Like, I'm like, this woman can go deep and vulnerable and, and it's beautiful because that's when change happens, right? We've yes. had this weird tight lip, especially around sex and sexuality and sexual health, which is what we're going to talk about today you know, and so many people suffer, right? Mm -hmm. Unnecessarily because of this weird stigmas and taboos and bullshit. That's why I'm I'm always talking about mental health and like sexual stuff. Like let's, let's talk about it all because it it needs to all be brought to the light. So thank you for being on the show and going to get vulnerable with me today and, and probably piss some people off and inspire some other people and make everybody else laugh and all, you know, everything in between. Sounds great. I love it. (laughs) So tell me, how did you get to be an OGBYN? Like, why did you get into that line of work? And then kind of, I noticed you've, you know, kind of veered just a little bit off of like a trip, what a traditional OGBYN does and and talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I definitely did not go to medical school to be like, I want to look at vaginas all day long. Like that was definitely not my goal. In fact, I was like, who would do this all day long? (laughs) And I actually, I started out actually as a general surgeon. And I was the on my general surgeon residency and I was walking around and like, I wanted to kind of connect with patients more. And so I was the one would be like, so how do you feel now that your gallbladder is out? How do you feel now that your appendix is out? Mm. And so that really wasn't where I fit in. So general surgeons are amazing at what they do, but they're really good body mechanics. Like they just want to get in there, fix things and get out. Like they don't want to be like doing the chit chat. So I was like, I kind of need a profession where I can do a little of the chit chatting too. So that's where I found gynecology. And so I ended up switching into gynecology, but even then it was very heavy into delivering babies and I like to sleep. So the fact that babies come all times of the night, like that was not working out for a lifestyle for me. So next thing you know, I come home and I tell my mom at the time, I'm going to go for two more years of training on top of everything else I just did, uh, which was a year of internship, two years general surgery, three years of OBGYN. And then I'm like, I'm going to do Euro gynecology. And my mom's like, Euro gynecology. What is that? Is that like Euro Disney? Is that like a fancy, <laughs> fancy kind of like European? And I'm like, no, it's, it's Euro, like having to it's deal bougie. with it's bougie. It's bougie. Yes, it's the bougie gynecology. And actually, it's funny because I actually just got a costume that I'm going to do a funny TikTok at some point with about Euro gynecology. I haven't done it yet, but oh my um, gosh, that's it too, guys. If you ha- don't fo- follow her on TikTok and Instagram, like. <laughs> 
her <laughs> posts are freaking hilarious like truly truly you know educational and hilarious but yeah sorry continue no that's great thank you so yeah urogynecology has to do with urology having to do with the urinary system so bladder health pelvic health and also just the female pelvic organs so it i find, kind of fell into that and i was like oh wait this is what i want to do and then here i am and then actually it was through really more having my own problems so all right so we're gonna do like a little um admission here like i was the person who from the time i got my periods had yeast infections like i couldn't look at a piece of bread without getting a yeast infection <laughs> and so like i think of like yeast as like almost like darth vader it became my like arch nemesis like i have to cure the world of vaginitis and so i became really interested in um vaginitis and in the micro and, and then that led me down this like rabbit hole of the microbiome. And now I'm just like so incredibly fascinated by the microbiome, our gut microbiome, our vaginal microbiome, like, and, and finding out more and more of what it does. And I'm like, my mind is blown. And I'm like, why wasn't I taught this in medical school too? So look at all yeah. the beautiful research that's, you know, I mean, between the microbiome in your mouth and you yes. know, the microbiome in your gut, the connection with the brain, like it's a, it's a beautiful time to be in this area of study. And thank you for uh, ruining, I don't know if it's ruining, but now every time I'm going to hear Darth Vader, I'm going to yes. yeast infection. So thank dun, you for that. Dun, I, dun, think, dun, I know, dun, right? Dun. <laughs> It used to be my ringtone. I'm kind of a bit of a Star Wars geek. And now, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I too, like, it was ridiculous how many UTIs and yeast yes. infections I had when I was a kid, like, ridiculous. And then after, yes. you know, and then you get into being sexually active and Jesus, that was even 10 times worse. It was like, it was almost like, <laughs> I don't know, it was like a, a very, for a while there, it was a deterrent for me yes. of having sex because I, I would always end up with a freaking with some sort of cooties afterwards. It was, horrible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. And then there's a lot of shame and guilt and like, what am I doing wrong? Am I broken? Is there something wrong with me? And then you God is punishing me for having sex. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you actually find out the statistics, the statistics is 80% of women will have a pelvic health problem at some point in their lives. But we're not talking about it. Like there was another study that came out saying 65% of women can't say the word vagina without being uncomfortable. And I'm like, wait a minute, if we can't talk about it and 80% of us are having these problems, like how are we going to bring awareness? How are we going to get better? How are we going to ask for help? So that's my mission is to kind of normalize the conversation behind everything below the belt. <laughs> so. Yeah. And this woman truly does. Like I've seen her on stage in like a full on vagina costume. So like <laughs> bringing, you know, awareness and, and talking about this is this woman's like middle name. It's actually quite hilarious. And she ended up winning that year for that talk. Didn't you? Yeah. It was yeah. funny. I got to get that up on YouTube. I haven't put it up yet. I, I, I got to do that. So. Yeah. There, there was another guy there that was like pissed. You know, someone yes. went in a vagina, you know, blah, blah, costume, won the talk. And I was like, no, she also won the talk because it was a phenomenal freaking talk. Like, yeah, but yeah, the vagina costume definitely helped seal. <laughs> she like ripped off her clothes and was like a vagina. Like, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Super vagina, big V on my chest. Yes. <laughs> so it talked to me a little bit more about vaginitis. Like what is that, um, 
specifically like do you know how does that differ from a yeast infection or is it different from a uti and the bacteria you know stuff like what what is vaginitis yeah so vaginitis just the word itself means inflammation of the vagina Ta-da! like that's it so itis just always means inflammation and so it doesn't really particularly knock down what is causing it but for the majority of people the majority of cases that are that are occurring is because the microbiome that bacteria or yeast or those microbes that are in the vagina have somehow become unbalanced. And now you get either overgrowth of yeast, you get overgrowth of sometimes parasites, sometimes you can get overgrowth of bacteria. And so something has thrown things off. So that's the majority of cases. There are some other inflammatory conditions that can cause a vaginitis or even um, lack of hormones from either being um, pregnant uh, breastfeeding or going through menopause, it can cause a different type of vaginitis, which comes from a thinning of the tissue, which causes itching, irritation. But for the most part, a good majority of what women are experiencing is they're just have what I call unbalanced fat vagina syndrome. Unbalanced just, syndrome. <laughs> yes, yes. Vagina is unbalanced. My vagina is unbalanced. Yes. Vagina is unbalanced. I love that. Um, and then, so what are some of the ways that, um, what causes this imbalance of, of the vaginas? Yeah. So in traditional medicine, we always look at like, they, and we test the vagina and it's, we're looking at yeast, we're using it bacteria, we're looking at parasites and you're typically giving a medication for one of those things. And you're thinking like, oh, great, I'm good. And you do the medicine and it goes away, but it only goes away temporarily. So some women are lucky and it goes away and it's good and it doesn't come back. But for a majority of women, it keeps coming back because the vagina is really a reservoir of bacteria or yeast or microbes. And where the imbalance is often occurring is it's often occurring in the gut first. So, especially when we're talking yeast. Wait, so, wait, like wait, I, wait, wait. So yeah. is that the expression, if you've got a leaky gut, you got a leaky brain. Now, if you've got a leaky gut, you've got a leaky vagina. Yes. yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. And potentially a leaky bladder in more ways than one too. Mm. Yes. Because the vagina sitting right next to the bladder, if the bacteria is imbalanced in the vagina, that's now closer to the urethra, the tube you pee through. So those bacteria can now get up into the bladder and now cause the microbiome of the bladder to be thrown off, increasing risk of urinary tract infections. So it's all connected. So every, especially for women, we got three holes down there and all three holes are a place where bacteria can go. We got the butt hole, we got the vagina hole, we got the urethra hole. So it's all, you know, bacteria is very, and, it, and it's not a cleanliness thing. People think like, oh, it's a cleanliness thing. No, it's, that's how we were made in proximity. Everything is so close. So no matter how well you clean, it's very easy for bacteria to transfer back and forth to, through all those areas. So well, and there's actually some argument that the part of the, the whole destroying of, you know, antimicrobial soaps and sterilizing yes. everything is part of the reason we've gotten some of these issues to begin with is because we are bacterial beings, like first and foremost, and, and it's learning how to play within that balance, right. Is where we get the true health from. So yeah, yeah, not, not necessarily a cleanliness thing, but there are things like, um, temperature, right. And certain clothing material that can lead its way to being more conducive to causing the bad guys to overgrow. No. 
Yes. So those yoga pants are probably one of the worst things, unfortunately. You know, I love, I love a, a good pair of yoga pants, but you got to get out of them as soon as possible. You don't want to go to your like yoga or exercise class and then run around, do all your errands in the same pants all day, because especially yeast likes warm, wet, dark environments. Well, that is your vagina in a pair of yoga pants. That's your vagina in a bathing, wet bathing suit. So yeah, we need to no joke. You need to like air things out. And so I always recommend people like come home, put on a loose pair of sweatpants, you know, boxer shorts, shorts, whatever, anything like sleep without underwear, sleep naked. If you can, um, just air things out as much as possible. Yeah. Does it matter if the yoga pants are cotton or not? You know, it's just more that if they get sweaty and you want to just try to change into like dry clothing as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I saw your uh, video of a woman. You wore those like, um, uh, what do they look like? Pleather, right? They look like I love leather. those pants, but they're, yes, they're yeast You're like, infection. Yeast infection waiting, exactly. Waiting, to, waiting happen. to happen. I was like, I wanted to get a pair too. And I heard you in the back of my head going yeast infection waiting to happen. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so now I, when I see other women wearing those things, I think of that. And, and even just like some of them, you know, leggings, like, like that Lululemon stuff, like that shit's really like become such a staple in so many women's uh, attire. And that's probably one of the worst things we can wear, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You just kind of like, just if you're going to wear them, just get out of them as soon as you can and like let things air out. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> you're Winnie the pooing it for the rest of the day, right? Yeah. Like, why are you walking around the house with only a shirt on? Because I've been wearing <laughs> leggings all day and I need to air out. Exactly. <laughs> I like that Winnie the Pooh reference. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Winnie the pooing it. Yeah. We were making fun the other day because Zoom, you know, we if technically yes. I could be sitting here, you know, naked from the bottom down and Winnie the pooing it. But yeah. Yes. I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what are other ways that contribute to imbalances? Yeah. So once again, I go back to the gut. So if we have a, if we're, especially like yeast, but it can happen with anything. Um, if we have an imbalance of bacteria or, or yeast in the gut, you know, you're treating the, the vagina, but then it's coming back because you still have an overgrowth of those things in the gut. And like I said, everything's so close. So it's really taking a look at the diet. That's really the key to healthy pelvic health because I'm sorry, know, say that one more time louder. I know, I know. It's really looking at the diet. And I think really, I could honestly sit here and say confidently that 90% of medical conditions are either caused or worsened by gut health. I think, you know, it all starts in the gut and that you're, you know, everything else is aggravated by that. So, um, you know, we didn't evolve to be eating processed foods. Um, you know, I always tell people, let's start with the, the simple things first, cutting them out. And, and some of these, you know, go in and out of favor of how bad they are. You know, I'm, uh, processed foods are my big no-no. Like, let's try to stay. Like, I, I say if something walks, swims, flies or grows, that should be your criteria for eating them. And Twinkies don't grow on trees. So you can get rid of the Twinkies. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, you know, cutting out processed food, cutting out sugars, cutting out gluten and dairy. And like I said, sometimes the gluten and dairy, I, I go back and forth on those because there are, the dairy one is going through a, a phase right now where some of the research is like, well, dairy is not as bad as what we thought was, but I just say those are tend to be the things that people have the most problems with. And if you give those up, 
and then slowly add them back and see, but usually the sugar is definitely a problem. And it's, it's actually really funny. I'm doing a lecture right now for the um, National Association of Nutrition Practitioners that will be speaking at their conference in May. And I've been doing a lot of more research on the microbiome. And the crazy thing is, I've always looked at this as, you know, the microbiome causing all these health problems, but we're also looking at the microbiome actually affecting our behavior and almost, almost like they're puppet masters. Absolutely. And then, I mean, I know that yeast can cause you to have sugar cravings and uh, something called Prevotella can cause you to have sugar cravings, but to think about like your cravings might not be you, that there's might be little microbes inside of you that's telling your brain like, eat this because that's what I want to eat. Feed me, Seymour. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's crazy, crazy. There's a whole, there's a whole summit right now going on microbes and mental health, you know, Um, absolutely. It's, it's, they said, it's all very fascinating how connected it is and, and just how, asinine like what we've done to the you know microbial phase the getting away from real foods and processed foods you know even even stuff from like oh like formula right yes from breastfeeding and feeding like why on earth did that ever think that that was going to be an okay to feed a baby a bunch of processed soy laden crap 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 you know and 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 shame women for breastfeeding what that's what they were intended to do you know i just i saw something that your microbiome is formed within your first thousand days of life and so if we're like messing up our kids microbiome we could be setting them up for like a life of disease absolutely it's crazy yeah And then, you know, and the other thing is really interesting is the microbiome being connected to your sex drive. Then this has been a, this has been a fun finding and, and it can happen either like men and women, both on the gut. So if the gut microbiome is off, the body senses that there's something inflamed. And this is when, you know, Mm. your sympathetic nervous system kicks in when you're under attack, which is basically what's happening. If you're, if your um, gut is off and that's, you know, sympathetic is our like fight or flight. It's not the time to be resting, digesting and having sex. So we're yep. not going to be like, you know, in the Savannah, we're walking across the Savannah, a lion jumps out. We're not going to be like, excuse me, Mr. Lion, why I have sex with my partner here and eat a hamburger at the same time. Like it's not because you'd be dead. Right. So, you know, it's really, so they're finding out if the gut microbiome is off, there's a feedback loop through the vagus nerve to the brain going, okay, let's shut down all processes of reproduction. And so your brain doesn't know the difference between you want to actively try to make a baby versus you want to have some fun. So everything gets shut down. So fertility gets shut down, sex drive gets shut down, all your sex hormones get shut down. And they're also seeing the same feedback loop for women with the vagina, that if the vagina is off, that is a feedback loop to the brain. Like, okay, let's shut things up. Let's shut things down. And I say more often than not, women are coming into the office asking for hormones. I was just going to say. Hormones are the answer when they're not, it's not, it's a tool, but it's not necessarily the answer. Right. It's it's a band-aid. Well, it could just be a band-aid because if they don't get to the root cause of where those issues are becoming from, you know, and at some point, even those tools stop working or you need more of those tools and then you need tools on top of the tools. And it always goes back to like, I can't think of one episode I've done lately that literally the parasympathetic, sympathetic stuff has not come up. Like, 
yeah. we really are starting to figure out that we can't exist in this high stress freaking lifestyle anymore on high alert. Like it's, it's, it's killing us literally like slowly killing us. And it's this catch 22 because it's like, okay, we go, oh, it's the bad food that's causing our microbiome to be off. Well, yes. And it's also, if our, we're stressed, that'll throw off our microbiome. And if we're stressed, that throws off our microbiome. Now we got bacteria that's saying like, let's eat some more candy, you know? So then it becomes this circular thing. And it's like, okay, let's get off this crazy hamster wheel of inflammation. So and it's just sad because life is not set up for health. Like, you know, thank God we can go to places like when we were at, you know, Mindshare and they very few conferences or anything outside of my home. Can I go and, and, and get healthy food, you know, without seed oils, without grains, without mold, right. People with their perfumes and cigarette smoke, like all these things that we get bombarded with. It's, it can be very isolating feeling right to, to live a healthier lifestyle these days because it's not set up that way. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Definitely. Do you have any kind of hacks when you travel? You know, it's funny. I have, um, yes, because I also found over the years, I had a gut microbiome issue, which caused me to have depression and anxiety and gained weight and had immune issues. And once I finally figured out that was the, the problem and rebalanced my gut, I really started looking at my diet. And so my, when I travel now, um, I have to say Instacart is like my best friend. Cause I used to bring food with me, but that's a pain in the butt to be traveling with your own food. Right. So now what I do um, is when I get places, I, most places I'm able to get Instacart and I have food delivered and most places I, I can get a little refrigerator or if not one of the tricks of the hotels or like I'm on a special diet or tell them you have medication that needs to be refrigerated mm-hmm. and they will bring, they have to bring you a refrigerator. And so I will stock my refrigerator with healthy foods. And so, uh, because I don't always know what the conferences are going to have or where I'm traveling. And then so at least I got the majority of my meals are healthy and then I can, you know, mix in a little bit of what's, whatever's at the conferences. Well, but, I like the Instacart idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm on the plane and I'm like, if I get the internet, like I'll like start putting things in my cart. So the moment like I hit the ground. I'll be like, yes, Instacart. But sometimes if I'm in a hotel, I don't always know what room I'm staying in. So yeah. Fascinating. I love that idea. Thank you. That's a great tip. So um, what are, you know, what are some top uh, vaginal health things? I mean, we talked about looking at gut health, you know, what are one or two more things that you can kind of throw out there before we run wrap up? Well, you know, one of the things that's really simple and easy is looking at vaginal pH. I actually created a whole course. It's called uh, the vagina refresh course. It's like two weeks to reset your vagina. Like it's, you know, I get frustrated with my computer. What do I do? I would just reboot my computer. Well, we can reboot the vagina. And one of the things that we do in that course is look at pH and you can get pH strips pretty much anywhere. So the healthy pH of the vagina is about 3.5 to 4.5. So you know that if you're in that range, things are good. If you're out of that range, it usually tends to be higher. The vagina becomes more basic. Then there becomes, then, then we start having issues. And then, then there's a lot of other techniques to kind of rebalance the vagina. But another thing that I travel with all the time is, um, PhD feminine health is a company that makes boric acid suppositories. 
And so boric acid just helps to acidify the vagina, helps to bring, it's a one trick to bring things back in balance. So I honestly, I travel with it. I, you know, if I'm in my yoga pants too long, I might use one of those. Um, if I'm in a bathing suit all day, that's a trick, throw one of those things in to help acidify the vagina to try to keep, because if the vagina is acidic, it's going to invite all the good bacteria in. Mm. If, it be, if the pH starts to change from stress, from antibiotics, from a poor diet, sometimes there's hormonal things like pregnancy and, and breastfeeding and, and, um, well, you even and said, I, like you said, your period, your period, you know, right around yes. your period, you're always getting yeast infections. Yes. Yeah. So those, so sometimes, you know, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding, check with your doctor first, but yeah, that those are things that you can use. Boric acid. That's not the same thing as borax, is it? Yes, but it I wouldn't is. use, it is. And I wouldn't take borax, and, but they, cause there's so many different companies that make boric acid suppositories. I used to, as a doctor, I used to have to make compounding pharmacies, make them up for me. And now it's over the counter. Though I have gotten some questions. People are like, isn't that like ant killer or cockroach killer? And I'm like, yes, they have used boric acid in some in, like natural insecticides, but boric acid is like an element that has been used forever for health purposes. I mean, they've used it as an eye wash to help balance the pH in the eye. So there, there are ways to use it. Hmm. Um, yeah, you're not putting cockroach killer in your vagina. That's not. <laughs> what was the brand name of that again? I like PhD Feminine Health because they were the first. Um, they're women, all, all women owned, and they were the first company on the market to bring this. And and the, honestly, the woman who started the company had this problem herself and was like, "I need a way to fix it." And so she was the person that brought it to the forefront, was able to bring it on the market. So, well, that's yeah. brutal because sometimes I can kind of tell that things are starting to go a little sideways. Either I've worn my yoga pants too long, right? Been hot and sweaty. And that's like, ah, I feel like I need something to, to switch this before it goes to the bad place. Um, I was always kind of using coconut oil too. Have you? Yeah, and coconut oil has is also antimicrobial, but sometimes it can affect the good bacteria too. So sometimes, but I always tell people, because there, there are some people out there, some gynecologists out there that are anti-coconut oil. I'm like, I've had patients use coconut oil as a lubricant, never had problems. I'm like, if you don't have problems with it, it's fine. If you have problems with it, maybe try something else. But, um, you know, and that's the thing, you know, here's the other thing about with women, we get very self-conscious about our odor and there's all these, you know, there's all these terrible adult joke jokes about <laughs> women and smelling like fish. Like yeah. But the thing is, is that, you smell like fish. It's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because of the fish smell is coming from a certain type of bacteria. And so there's certain bacteria that release a chemical called amines and amines smell fishy. So um, actually a way to test it is if the, because the vaginal tissue is very, if you don't notice the odor yourself, you can actually take soap because soap is very basic. And when you mix so, like a little bit of soap with uh, vaginal secretions, it'll break open that bacteria. And if it smells like fish, you're like, oh, I have that bacteria there. And so sometimes even just balancing out the pH will chase away that bad bacteria. Sometimes we need to do a little bit more, whether that's antibiotics or even balancing out the gut to get the, get things back in balance. Hmm. So I thought yeah. antibiotics were usually the reasons we had these problems to begin with. Yeah. So I would say if you can avoid 
oral antibiotics as much as possible do so. Um, but there are sometimes vaginal antibiotics that we can put directly, but you know, this comes going back to the bladder infections. One of the most common antibiotics that is used for bladder infections is uh, Cipro or Ciprofloxacin. That can throw your gut microbiome off for a whole entire year just after one course. Oh God. So, I mean, if you have a bladder infection, you've had, you know, you know, like, like you don't want to be waiting that out, but I would ask for something more mild. Um, the idea is go to a doctor, have them test the urine. I mean, it sometimes takes a couple days to get the identification of what that bacteria is that's causing the problem. But if they can identify what's causing the problem and give an antibiotic specifically to that bacteria versus like giving you like a it's basically, you know, giving you like a nuclear bomb when all right. you need is just like a little, you know, a bullet, you know, so, right. you, you know, and, and so many people are just like, we'll call up their doctors, and be like, just give me an antibiotic. No, like you're going to just cause so many more problems for yourself. And even like, you know, potentially for years to come have issues, not only with the pelvic health, but throwing off your gut, throwing off, causing inflammation, affecting your sex drive, affecting your mental health, affecting your immune system. Like, why would we want to do that if we didn't have to? Hey, absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Amen. Hey, so we're coming up to the shameless plug time. Like, what are you working on right now? Do you have anything coming out? Like, what do you, what do you want to plug? Yeah, I do. I'm so excited. So, uh, coming up May 18th through 21st, of 2023 is our second happy vagina rally. And so the website this time around though is happyvrally.com. And I will also give Heather, um, you'll get a link that I would encourage you to use Heather's specific link. Um, but if you want to just kind of look at the, the website, we have, it's a four day summit. I have 45 ish. We're supposed to have 30, but I kind of lost track of all the speakers I had. And now it's like to get up to like 40 something <laughs> speakers talking all about pelvic health, talking about sex, talking about women's health. We have even people just talking about hair health or like frequencies of energy. And we have, we have a lot of different things covered. So that's coming up in May. I'm really excited about that. And the other thing is specifically follow me on Instagram at Dr. Betsy Greenleaf underscore, because that's my second Instagram account. I got kicked off the first time for doing it. Maybe that's why I haven't seen you in a while. So what was that again? Yeah, it's Dr. Betsy Greenleaf underscore, because the Instagram gods did not like one of my posts on vaginitis. So, um, so apparently I got deleted. So I'm working on my second one. So I need some help. Oh gosh. And I know that takes some, that's like so painful. It's so painful. I can't get over how long it's taken me to get up to 1500 followers on Instagram. I'm like, damn, I thought this was way easier than this. It is very tough. And then to start from scratch, I had a, I had a, I thought it was a funny post. It was a cat licking itself. And I said, have you ever dot, dot, dot. And it was all about vaginitis, but I didn't know you can't say the word you. YOU goes against their anti-bullying policy Uh, Oh, because it singles the reader out and makes them feel bullied. (laughs) So I got kicked off by going against their anti-bullying policy. I'm like, really? For real? There's no, there's no repercussion. Like trying, like there's no, I just crazy that that's just it. Like one and done, like all your hard work. They they take that anti-bullying policy thing seriously. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. So if you're listening, make sure when you're writing copy, don't use you in your copy. Yes. 
Huh. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Jeez. Yeah. And while you're at it, uh, make sure to check out the lionboss.com as well and download your free cooking series as we're talking about food and diet, right? I put a cooking series together, real cooking for real life, beautiful, healthy meals in 20 minutes or less. And also don't forget to like, and share and subscribe and, and, and share all this beautiful information because that's why we're putting it out here is so that, you know, somebody can, can learn something and, and, and no longer, like I said, suffer in silence or shame or any of the stuff that doesn't need to happen anymore. Like it's, it's time, especially for women's empowerment and getting a hold of women's health and women's issues. And it, it's time. So no more playing in the dark for us. And thank you, Dr. Betsy Greenlee for everything that you do. Thank you so much for having me. It's so much fun. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Have a healthy day.